Hi, Plug in America folks. This is Sherry Boschert here at EVS 23, the International Electric Vehicle Symposium. And I'm here today with Professor Andrew Frank, who is one of the earliest proponents of plug-in hybrids, uh, someone we all look to for guidance. He and his students have been building and converting plug-in hybrids at the University of California, Davis for more than a decade. Professor Frank, how have you seen all of this move towards plug-in hybrids change over the last 10, 5 years? Well, I think uh, uh, I've seen uh, interest come up from all over the world because suddenly people begin to realize peak oil is real and world uh, global warming is real. And, um, you know, I have to thank people like uh, uh, Vice President uh, Gore and, and so on. But but this realization has, uh, has uh, led to looking for solutions and how, how do we solve these problems? They all seem almost insurmountable, but the plug-in hybrid allows us to something, I hope. <laughs> well, when I came to one of these meetings two years ago as I was researching my book in 2005, for the first time they had a track for plug-in hybrids in the program at the Electric Drive Transportation Association meeting. Today, the room is packed. It's the biggest room of any of the sessions. And yesterday, I couldn't even get in a couple of times to hear the talks on plug-in hybrids. Is this what you're sensing all over the place? Uh, yes, this movement is uh, picking up very fast. You know what's happening is uh, all the fuel cell people are coming over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's so. I think fuel cell is finally dying its slow death. Um, tell me what's happening with you at UC Davis. Uh, a plug-in hybrid institute was started there, and you um, have lots of patents of your own that you're managing. What's going on with you? Well, what has happened, as far as I personally concerned at UC Davis, I am trying to. Uh, I have been uh, uh, created a company, and that company has uh, been given exclusive rights to the patents that I have created at the university. So now our job is to commercialize this uh, plug-in hybrid technology, but. We, we want to look at this not for the United States, not for, this is a worldwide problem, so we want to look at this worldwide. So we're looking at uh, introducing the technology to all countries everywhere around the world. Uh, China and India are really big, uh, rising uh, energy consumers, and they need this technology even more than what we need. So I'm looking at those places as well as the U.S. and uh, uh, North America. Well, I know interest in plug-in hybrids has really caught fire, like you said, in U.S. And, and Canada. What other countries might be the first to be interested in this? Well, I think uh, I've been talking to people in China and India. Uh, they're beginning to realize, uh, number one, China has suddenly realized that the fuel cell thing isn't going to really happen, and they kind of feel burned. <laughs> but um, India, as well, is looking at electrification. They want to start at a much lower cost vehicles. They want to start down at two wheelers and so on. And I, I worry a little bit because they're, uh, they want to start at very, very low cost. They want to use lead acid batteries. And one of the dangers is uh, environmental pollution from waste, wasted batteries. <laughs> so personally, uh, we have to figure out a strategy with those countries to uh, get the right technology and get the recycling of <laughs> these things at the same time. Well, and in the exhibit hall here, there's more cars than ever. There must be a handful of, of plug-in Priuses that have been converted by different companies to show their components or their batteries or whatever. There's um, 
an all-electric little smart car there. There's a Tesla. What's your professional opinion on how soon we'll see a new plug-in car in the U.S. market, um, plug-in hybrid or anything else? Well, I look at the, the Tesla thing uh, as, a, as an interesting experiment, but, you know, I don't think Tesla will ever be a General Motors. <laughs> uh, but, but what they have done is they have uh, made uh, created public awareness. And that's what we're really looking for is public awareness. We want the public to demand plug-in vehicles or plug-in capable vehicles. And um, if the demand is high enough, then the car companies will come and build them because they're in the business of making money. And listeners, you know what we say at Plug-in America. Go to our website, pluginamerica.org. We have the phone numbers for the car companies. And if you call them and tell them, I'm not going to buy a new car until it has a plug on it, no plug, no deal, we will get these cars a lot faster. Thanks for being with us today, Professor Frank. Great. I appreciate that. <laughs> Sherry, you're a great supporter. <laughs> this edition of the Plug in America podcast was produced by Sherry Boshert and edited by Joseph Puentes, with music composed by Red Bennett. The Plug in America podcast is supported by listeners like you. For more information, go to pluginamerica.org or email us at podcast at pluginamerica.org.